It's the criterion. It's the criterion. 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 In. 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 Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Criterion Project. This is the show where we like to talk about what is playing on the Criterion channel, and it's so much fun. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and Conrado is here. Yes, he is. Yes, and this is a special episode of the Criterion Project because we are starting season three, finishing season two. So exciting. Can you believe it? Hard to believe. The second year of Criterion Project is up. And next episode, we'll be beginning the third year. So this is our season finale, I guess. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Time flies, whether you're having fun or not, right? When you're podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, what would you say is some of the more memorable uh, moments of season two? Oh, my God. So many things. Oh, so many. And we had so many great guests. We had, I think we yes. had almost no guests in our first year, but the second year was mm -hmm. full of guests and we had some incredible uh, conversations, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really had so many amazing, uh, amazing guests. Everybody from Rosa to Trevor to Nick, uh, just really great, uh, really great guests. Mm -hmm. And so we want to say a special thank you to everybody who came on our show and uh, and and helped us uh, talk about these films. It was really fun. We didn't have a single dud, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Um, should we try to to see if we can name all of our guests? Hopefully, we won't forget anyone. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> but I I'm really really grateful to everyone who came on. Rosa came on twice. Um, yes. Jen, uh, Johans, mm -hmm. we talked about the talk of the town. That was a lot of fun. Jose, my mm -hmm. dear friend, Jose Solis, mm -hmm. talked about West Side Story. Um, yep. there was the Saja, Saja my mm -hmm. wife. Yeah, she came, my wife came to talk about a separation. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. Yep. Then there was that Watership Down episode that I couldn't yes. be on. Um, and that was with Nick. The, no, who was the guest there? No, Griffin. Griffin that's Griffin. right. Yeah, Griffin Schiller. So that was, hopefully we can have him on again when you can be on. Yes. Yeah. He's great. Yes, of course. Uh, Tim Braden was mm -hmm. great talking about the host. There was a lot of fun. My mm -hmm. good friend Alyssa talked about Tampopo. Yeah, that was, that was really good. Uh, of course, Trevor and Aby, my very good friends talking about Boyhood and Citizen Kane. And mm -hmm. Murtada, Murtada talking about bringing a baby, which you know it's uh, apropos for today's episode, which is also mm -hmm. a screwball comedy, kind of similar movies. We'll get into it later. And yeah. then, of course, in the last few episodes, we had Nick Davis talking about Ghost Dog, Cameron mm -hmm. talking about Kiriku, yeah. and of course, Kyle Turner in last episode about A New Leaf. What an incredible uh, cast of characters that we had! Yeah, I think so. I I defy any other podcasts to present such a, a really fun group of uh, co-hosts and panelists and I think it's it's really fun and and what people might know behind the scenes is that Cameron's episode on Kiriku we actually he was kind enough to we ended up having to film it twice or record it twice because of technical difficulties so there's behind the scenes that y'all don't even see so yeah it's been a great ride yeah, it's been a really great ride. Um, I'm excited for the third season, though. Mm -hmm. I think um, it's only going to get better. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And so we are very grateful to all of that. All of so we are very grateful to everybody who came on and helped us. And we've had a lot of really great d- debate and discussion along the way. And I think that's what makes our show fun. But what have you been watching on the Criterion channel or just in general? What do you have to recommend to us uh, today? So a movie that I've mentioned before on the recommendation segment uh, back when I saw it uh, on demand is now available on the Criterion channel. So I'm really excited about that. It's a movie called The 20th Century and it's a Canadian movie. And it has its exclusive streaming premiere, it says on the Criterion channel. And it is a movie, uh, it's kind of like a surreal, comedic reimagining of Canadian history. So there is this prime minister from the early 1900s called Mackenzie King, who um, is kind of this... uh, He's kind of an aristocrat of some ways, like he's been bred to become the prime minister. So in this movie, he's trying to do that, but he is failing. And and you can really see how it's taking a toll on him in a very surreal, uh, funny way. The movie has a visual style like no other movie that I've ever seen. It goes back to like, you know, the 1920s expressionists. And it has crazy, fun visual effects. And the best thing of all is that it's hilarious. And it's a movie about politics that ends with a ma- with a fight in an ice labyrinth with hockey players trying to find this kind of like trophy. And there is a wild narwhal that comes and kind of impales the some of the competitors. So it's a really, really crazy movie. And I recommend it. What's it called? It's called The 20th Century. Oh, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Probably for me. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Well, very good. Well, I thought I would report back on the South by Southwest Film Festival uh, in this, as far as what I've been watching. I ended up seeing 20 films at the virtual festival. And I have to say it was not as good a lineup as Sundance had. I don't think this year, I feel like. They got maybe a little bit sloppy seconds of Sundance, uh, but there was still some good stuff. And my favorite was a little comedy called Recovery, uh, made written and made by two of the uh, performers on what's called Studio C, which is a funny sketch show on YouTube, if, if you've ever gotten to see it, but there it's pretty good. And they did this little comedy about they play sisters who are going to rescue their grandmother from a nursing home that has COVID and all kinds of shenanigans happen along the way. Mm. I thought it was hilarious. I was laughing throughout. Even grumpy old David Ehrlich thought it was funny. So (laughs) Um, (laughs) that's something, right? Almost everybody seems to think it's funny. It was it was good. So great so that sounds really fun yeah. but do you know mm-hmm. if it's coming out anytime soon how can people watch I don't, it they didn't it's really weird they didn't have any of the like purchases advert advertised about south by southwest you know like hmm. they do with sundance right. let's say so-and-so bought bought this so i i don't know but keep an eye out for it it was very funny uh then my other Uh, favorites was the fallout and this was kind of exciting because 
This was written and directed by Megan Park, who has been in a bunch of Hallmark movies. So oh, wow. I feel a kinship to her. And here, this is totally different than Hallmark, but it's about a, a girl who uh, undergoes a, there's a school shooting in her school. Mm. And, uh, and so it's about her sort of uh, post-traumatic uh, stress uh, in how she recovers and deals with that and the whole shootout is is very chillingly captured and uh, I thought that it was the lead girl Jennifer Vega is her name I thought she or Jenna Ortega sorry Jenna Ortega I thought she was excellent uh, you have Shailene Woodley as her therapist and Julie Bowen from on her family plays her mother uh, I thought they were all good. Maddie Ziegler plays kind of the uh, social media influencer of the high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's she was good. They were all good. Uh, I I I thought it was very emotionally true and very well done. And then uh, two more recommendations for there's uh, introducing Selma, and this is a documentary about Selma Blair mm. and her struggles with multiple sclerosis. And I thought it was, I thought it was very good, very well done, very emotional. Uh, and I, I'm, I don't really, I wouldn't say I'm like a fan of hers. I'm not, not a fan. I just don't know her that well. Um, so it was, it was just more about just this person being, being uh, profiled than it was about the celebrity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it was very well done. And then lastly, a really delightful documentary called Alien on Stage. And it's about these oh, two, I think I know what this is. If you heard, if you heard, yeah, it's about these two bus drivers in England who write this uh, play adaptation of Ridley Scott's Alien, and they get all their friends to participate in the play. And it's it's just so creative and clever, and how they come up with all the costumes and the alien design and everything and and then people like it so much that it gets picked up by the west end london and they all get to go to to have their big moment in the sun and it's a huge success and it's just it was so heartwarming Mm -hmm. so fun and for somebody who's theater deprived (laughs) i just it fed my 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 soul it was so fun yeah so i loved it Uh, yeah Yeah, that sounds right up rachel's alley if i did if i say that It was great. So that was my four favorite of the festival. Great. So you just would keep an eye out for those. And so let's get going. We have another comedy today. Uh, my choice is to was to talk about The Lady Eve. This is a classic screwball comedy from Preston Sturgis. And uh, I thought it would just be a really nice breath of fresh air to watch and had you ever seen uh this uh movie before yeah actually i had so this is a little bit embarrassing but also redeeming in its own way so i had watched this or tried to watch this a couple years ago and for some reason i don't know what was going on with me but i was not into it i Mm -hmm. didn't think it was funny i was kind of bored i don't think i finished it i don't think i watched it all the way through but I was excited to see it again when you picked it because I recently watched another Preston Sturges movie, Sullivan's Travels, which I really loved. And I thought it was great. Wow. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'll give the lady even another try. Maybe I'll like it better this time. Like it better? I loved it. 
I thought it was so yeah. good. I don't know what was going on with me back when I first tried because <laughs> I thought this movie was great. Yeah, it was. It's so fun. I don't think I like it quite as much as Bringing Up Baby, but it's 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 in that ballpark. Yeah, it's enjo- very enjoyable. It's an interesting comparison that I wanted to bring up eventually because both movies. Um, so we already did an episode about Bringing Up Baby, so you can get the plot for mm-hmm. that from from there if you've listened or, or whatever but in the lady eve it's basically um henry fonda plays a scientist who is really into snakes right, right. so it's not that different yeah. from carrie grant who plays a scientist who's really into dinosaurs or like a paleo- paleontologist in mm-hmm. bringing a baby and he's very bumbling he's very kind of uh yeah, he's very nerdy and he's not very comfortable with his uh I don't know, how would you describe him? Like a bumbling fool kind of, right? He's very naive. Naive I would say. is a great word to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um simple. Yeah. And so he goes see he he's working in South America and he's coming back to America on a on a on a ship and on the ship is Barbara Stanwyck, who is a basically a con artist, right? Mm-hmm. So she is going to try to swindle him because yeah. he's a rich man to get his money. But of course, they end up falling in love. That's right. And her whole family is uh, it's like a con artist family. Right. So she has she's traveling with two other guys. One of them uh, plays by Charles Coburn, the colonel, and he seems to be her dad. It. I wasn't super mm-hmm. clear if he was actually her dad or they just were pretending to be related. But I think he's actually her dad, right? I think he's actually her dad, I think. Yeah. And yeah. then there's... It's a little ambivalent, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And they're traveling with some other guy. I think Gerald is his name. And I think he's just a friend or an accomplice, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's yeah, not such a big he's... role. Right. Yeah. Um. But they have this. The banter is the true star of this film. Uh, they're written by Preston Sturgis, and I mean it's amazing because he did seven films in four years, so that's mm-hmm. incredible. And uh, and he did Sullivan's Travels and The Lady Eve in the same year. Yeah, probably his two most famous movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter Rangdonovich in the little uh, bonus on the. Uh, uh, in this channel mm-hmm. he was saying that this was all 1941 and it's one of the great american uh one of the great year of american filmmaking 1941 mm-hmm. where you had uh citizen kane citizen kane i mean yeah citizen kane uh how green was my valley anyway he was uh talking about a bunch of different mm-hmm. movies that came out that year and yeah. that sometimes this gets lost in the uh uh in in all those big names yeah so what's really interesting to me about preston sturgis is that in the very early 40s so in 1940 he had two huge hits uh the great mcginty and christmas in july and they were big enough Mm -hmm. that the studios basically allowed him to be a writer and director of his own projects which was something that was very unusual back then and to have a bit of a you know green light and and carte blanche and and final cut a little bit in the stuff that he was doing so he was given a freedom that a lot of people weren't 
And he had a tremendous run, like you're saying, of those seven movies between 1940 and 1944, basically. And then after that, when the war ends, he kind of... Uh, it's almost like his style of comedy could only work and exist before and during the war you know like after that he was kind of on the way out and he couldn't really recapture that but those four years are like really apparently top notch yeah, yeah that's peter bogdanovich he was saying that he was the first writer director there's the breakthrough and you think of how many it's almost a surprise when you don't have a writer director these days mm-hmm. uh in in it seems like almost all projects and i think wow that's it's it's asking a lot for somebody to be equally as good at directing as writing, but it seems to be what we almost expect. Mm-hmm. And Preston Sturgis is a great writer because the, at least mm-hmm. the two movies that I've seen and from what everyone else says about him, his banter, I mean, you just said it, the, the, the comedic banter is absolutely hilarious and so clever in that great screwball way, you know, totally on yeah. par with what we've covered before you know with bringing a baby howard hawks and and ernst lubitsch from uh shop around the corner and even what's the other one we did it happened one night which is also wonderful Mm -hmm. frank capra right and uh we did uh uh, oh my gosh my brain now i can think of it the other one that that i liked you didn't like um another screwball um, oh talk of the town yeah Talk of the town. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I wouldn't put talk yeah. of the town on the level of the others, but you know. Yeah, but it's in that same vein. Yes. Of, of, of films, and there's just really funny lines in this movie, like when he when he trips over the 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 sofa and he says that sofa's been there for twenty years. No one has ever tripped on it before. Mm-hmm. And that's said by the great, <laughs> I love that actor, Eugene Pallet, who is in all these 40s movies, is this guy who has this like very croaky voice that he sounds like a frog almost. Uh, yeah. I love him. He's in, um, I watched, not that long ago, I watched The Gang's All Here. I don't know if you've seen that musical. Um, he's really good in it. He plays a supporting role, but also at the end, he sings for a little bit and just hearing his voice singing, wow, that was... That was something. Yeah, that was really good. And I like when he says, "You, they says you have the darndest habit of lifting a woman up and then dropping her down again, <laughs> down again." When she said that, that was funny. Yeah. And uh, the when I think it feels very believable to me when she starts to fall for. Mm-hmm. for uh, for Henry Fonda's character. I think that... Uh, I think Barbara Stanwyck is really great. I mean, you could add to another one of the screwball comedies, you could add Christmas in Connecticut with her. She's so good at, at, at this kind of comedy. I, think. I was going to say, I can't believe that we've gone, I don't know how long, without mentioning Barbara Stanwyck. Like, talk about a movie star <laughs> yeah. and talk about the star of the movie. This movie, yeah, to yeah. me, is her. She is so... Mm-hmm great she's so funny she is so sexy like mm-hmm. you know one of the most uh to me most attractive performances i've ever seen on film like um the way that that she basically seduces henry fonda and then unwittingly is seduced by him right and falls in love with him mm-hmm. it's it's incredible 
and um i mean barbara stanwick is a is a very good looking woman but i think she has the personality and she has the magnetism and and it's not just her looks it's really is a performance of being so mm-hmm. confident and funny and clever you know yeah especially when she's listing off all of the partners that she's had and she fell in love with angus the state oh right at the end yeah <laughs> he's like i guess i can deal with that well there's... then there was this one and the and the twins <laughs> no, no, no. yeah yeah it's... um Right, so basically they fall in love in the in the ship, and then uh, Henry Fonda finds out that she's a con artist, so he calls it off. And then years later, or I don't know if it's years, but you know, later when once they're in in New York, Barbara Stanwyck finds out about him again and decides to take revenge by pretending to be this um, British lady, the Lady Eve, and mm-hmm. you know, seduce him again to teach him a lesson. I guess basically that was one of my questions. Was I wasn't totally sure what her plan was with that. I think it was just basically to, because she felt so scorned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she, I think her plan was basically, as it ended up, uh, ended up uh, happening, where then she, and then she meets him on the boat at the end as her real self, and you get that last line with, wait, I'm married. Oh, so am I. Uh, that is so, that is so, that's, what a great ending. Like, on par with the ending of It Happened What Night, which I also thought was fantastic. Just that line, like, I'm married, and it's, so am I, darling, so am I. That's such a great, and then the guy comes out of the cabin. Mm-hmm. That's even better. That's, like, the yeah. great yeah. cherry on top. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I Well, it's just so funny when she says, uh, I wonder if now would be the time to tell you about Herman. And then she said, Vernon and Cecil and Hubert and Her- Herbert. <laughs> John. Who's John? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know, Rachel, if you've heard of this term that the kids are using these days of a himbo, which is apparently is like a male bimbo. Um, who's just a man who's very attractive, but also kind of very ditzy. Um, I haven't heard You've of never that heard one. of that? That's a new one. Okay, no, so I was wondering if, if if Henry Fonda is a, in this movie is a himbo, you know? Because he's very... He's up in the clouds in a way that Cary Grant was also in Bringing Up Baby. Um, I wonder if you have any yeah. thoughts about comparing those two performances. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I feel like... Henry Fonda is more awkward in than Cary Grant's character because I feel like Cary Grant's character really wasn't all that really that nerdy or awkward. It's just that she puts her him in these bizarre situations that would make anybody like ridiculous. And whereas I feel like in almost any situation, the Henry Fonda character is going to be awkward and weird, mm-hmm. a little bit weird. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I get I get what you're saying. Also. I think the Cary Grant, I think you're right, the Cary Grant character was being put in a very stressful situation from the beginning, whereas yeah. Henry Fonda is much more, they're trying to sweet talk him, so he's not as, the movie's not as zany to begin with, and I think mm-hmm. that's also a good comparison with, uh, between the Catherine Hepburn and the Barbara Stanwyck performances, I love them both, um, but I think Catherine Hepburn in Bringing a Baby, 
I don't know if I described her as Bucks Bunny like when we did the podcast, but I definitely would. Mm-hmm. I think she's a force of nature mm-hmm. and she doesn't stop. Yeah. And she's almost cartoony, whereas I think this movie is much more um more realistic, I would say, and more concerned with yeah. the emotions and, and as funny and as strong as Barbara Stanwyck is in the movie, she's also very vulnerable in a lot of ways and very emotional, especially when she has more tender moments with him or or the scene where she he tells her basically that he knows that she's a con artist and he shows her the picture. That is such a sad scene for her. And I think she does a really beautiful job when she looks at the picture and she's like, oh, Hopsy, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I don't know, I like when she says that uh, this is a... Uh, oh, where did I lost my... um. I lost my spot. Sorry. This is the this this axe needs the turkey. Oh, I need I need the, this. I yeah. need him like the turkey needs the axe or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was good. I thought uh, that she is calculated, but never so much that it makes her unlikable. I mean, if we compare it, we were watching, we were doing the the a new leaf last last mm-hmm. time the 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 characters are not as likable in that as they both are in this would you would you agree yeah and i think that's an interesting comparison because the new leaf a new leaf feels almost like a reverse of this right where it's the walter Matthau character is the one who's kind of searching for to conquest uh elaine may who plays the nerdy ditzy one kind of like mm-hmm. the henry fonda part so i think that 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 change in the you know the gender of the characters and the dynamic makes it that's very interesting to me now that I, that I think about it how this movie mm-hmm. is so romantic and it's a comedy and it's and it's fun because it's the woman trying to trick the man but when you reverse it it's much more it's much darker you know and it's yeah. much more perverse it's true that's that's very true and i think that the whole thing when the whole situation when he loses at cards, the 32K. Mm. And that's such like a tense moment for that character because you just feel like embarrassed for him and you feel, uh, you know, what's going to happen then when they rip that check? You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. But also, <laughs> okay. 32,000, he was only $1,000 in debt and he just kept going and going with the, you know, highest card trick. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That, that was my thing was with Henry Fonda was that this guy is so like like you said he's so naive that at some points I was a little bit like I wanted to shake him up a little bit, um, yeah. And I was wondering what uh, Barbara Stanwyck saw in him. I don't know if you have any theories as to why she finds him so attractive or why she falls in love. I, I you know I think that there's something about that sweetness of the naivety that I think for someone like her is why she ended up falling for him. He's just so, so sincere. That's a good point because she lives her lives as a a lying all the time and tricking people all the time, right? So it must be uh, very refreshing to find someone who is so naive and so open with his emotions and so direct in a way that Mm -hmm. she and her family are not. Yeah, like when he asks her father for her hand and she says, I intend to make her as happy as I can. And that's just so cute. Yeah. You want somebody like that, that that's, 
I don't know, that just loves you and is going to cherish you. And, and that's very attractive. Sure. The other thing that I found very interesting, the other scene that I found very interesting was when they're at the beginning, they're in the diner uh, hall of the boat and she is kind of looking at him in her mirror. She has this like pocket mirror and she's looking at all the ladies who are looking at Henry Fonda and all the ladies who want to get That's with him. True. And she kind of reads the situation and she... Um, uh, examines him and number one you see her almost like a, a predator looking at her prey right and being like oh you you immediately you understand that she's gonna capture him and trick him and she's so much smarter than he is and he has no idea what he's gonna be dealing with but also yeah i thought it was really interesting in the way that you know how we've been talking about in in general in in culture for the last couple of years a lot about the male gaze and how women are portrayed mm -hmm. in film. So I thought this scene was really interesting in terms of a woman literally taking up a mirror and looking at this man and putting, given, you know, inventing a whole inner life of her own and, a, you know, telling a story that, that she doesn't even know yet, um, which I thought was interesting in reversing that stereotype. Yeah. And yeah, he says, you're certainly a funny girl to meet uh, for a man who's been in the Amazon for a year. And so you get this idea that he not only is he innately kind of awkward, but he's also been just hanging around snakes for a year. So he's especially easy to kind of manipulate, I think. Yeah. And the one thing Peter Bogdanovich talks about in the in the bonus is just how the movie uses physical comedy in a way that's very effective they I mean she she trips him several times he trips over the sofa he ends up in the mud out of the train mm. uh it's just kind of these physical comedy that i think yeah. is very effective and also that scene at the at the big house party where he keeps uh people keep dropping things on his on his suit and he keeps having to change i think it's yeah. also very funny and of course it ends yeah, with him like funny. getting a bunch of coffee in the very last suit that he has mm -hmm. yeah it's very good and uh, yeah I, I i don't know i just think it's a very charming very enjoyable movie mm -hmm. and it's probably my favorite i really like the palm beach story too that one's also really good uh preston sturgis uh he just does a really good job with these comedies i wish he kept making them even beyond the seven that he did but i guess we can't be too greedy yeah. <laughs> well he did i think he tried well, but his movies after after that period of after 44 don't have the same reputation so i i don't know i, I guess it mm -hmm. might be interesting to check them out and see if there's if there any good yeah. if it's like a underrated you know lost classics yeah. or something maybe uh, so where do we put this on the, uh, well, I guess first question, what makes this a criterion film mm -hmm. in your mind? This is an actual in the collection. Film. Right. Um, well, I think first of all, just the idea that Preston Sturgis was one of the first people in Hollywood to be both a director and a writer, or at least in the, in the sound era, I think that puts him in the position of like an early auteur, which we know that the Criterion Collection loves their auteurs, you know what I mean? And having these yeah. like director figures. So that makes total sense. 
And of course, The Lady Eve seems by all accounts to be one of his best movies. And it's definitely one of his most famous ones, if not the most famous one. So I think it makes total sense to be in the collection. On top of everything else, I agree that it's a great, great movie. One of the best screwballs that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all those reasons. And and like we were saying, because he was one of the first writer-directors, it makes sense to include him in the collection. And I, I believe Sullivan's Travels is also in the collection. And, and I know Palm Beach Story is, which I have, because <laughs> it's really fun. So he certainly deserves to be in there. So where do we put this on the pretentiousness scale? Um, I would say pretty low. I know that um, mm-hmm. Preston Sturges himself referred to the movie as just a, I don't remember exactly what he said, but I read that he said something like, it's just a funny story. You know, it's just, a, it's just a fun time. Um, so he himself didn't think of it as anything super profound. I mm-hmm. will say, I mean, I guess that's true. It's a very, um, very, very enjoyable movie. I don't know if it's necessarily profound, but movies don't have to be profound, in my opinion, to be great, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know, maybe like a like a two or a three, what would you say? Yeah, that's where I'm at, is I would say a three. Uh, I mean, the only reason I can even think of is that some people just don't watch black and white movies, but right. that's not a good reason. Uh, so, I, I would, I think a three is a good is a good choice it's very enjoyable and very likable so uh what do you think about this movie if you were going to do a remake if i was going to do a remake of this movie you know i i feel like i had the idea to start doing these remake things and then i always forget to come up with them (laughs) um Okay, but how about this? So it would be very different, but I think that it should be because I don't think you're going to be able to recapture the magic of these performances and, you know, and this alchemy of this movie. So just go for something completely different. So I'm thinking about how in the 2000s, early 2000s, there were a lot of remakes of classic movies with kind of comedy stars. There was like, uh, you know, Adam Sandler did Mr. Deeds, which was like a Mr. Deeds goes to... Mm -hmm town kind of thing which was pretty bad but you know chris rock i think did one with heaven can wait so there was this whole wave so i'm thinking true there's a movie that just came to netflix which i found very very funny called bad trip and it's very crass so i don't know if you would enjoy it rachel it's kind of in that borat hidden camera style Mm. of prank comedy but i thought it was really funny and it stars comedian eric andre um it stars Lil Rel Howry from Get Out and it stars Tiffany Haddish. So I think those people you can make a remake of this movie that is a different, totally different kind of humor, but with those three, in my opinion, very funny characters. Tiffany Haddish in the Barbara Stanwyck role. You can have Eric Andre as Henry Fonda and then Lil Rel Howry can play kind of the the sidekick character. I think that could be very funny. Uh, the one I thought of immediately is I, I think that captures sort of the spirit of this type of movie is something like Naughty Hill. So oh. my immediate thought was, what if we basically recast Naughty Hill, but did this story instead with Julia Roberts in the Barbara Stanwyck role and we had Hugh Grant 
in the Henry Fonda role. Mm. I think that could be very fun. I mean, if you think about the horse and hound section of Notting Hill, how hilarious that is, at least in my opinion, I think it's very funny. When he's, he's, we would, uh, we're disappointed that you didn't have more horses or hounds. Hmm. Just, well, we would have liked to, but it was in space. Right. When he, that's when he does the interview, right? <laughs> yeah all of that and just the, the crazy antics around town trying to get to her news conference and and some of the things with his roommate and just i don't know i think that movie is actually quite funny and i think that the two of them could be funny together we already know they have very good chemistry and i feel like it would be fun to see hugh grant in in that kind of role he's gonna play kind of the foppish things and yeah uh, and i think i would yeah, love to see him reunite with julia roberts um mm-hmm. i think they they were really good together in in that movie and what's the last time julia roberts has made a comedy i think it's been a while yeah i'm trying to i mean she doesn't Let do very many movies period yeah lately i mean she so... wasn't mother's day but that's i don't know if you can call that a Oof. comedy i mean only in, in no. theory um so yeah, yeah it's been a long time so i would love to see julia go back to comedy i think it could be i'm just looking through her recent roles and because she had wonder I, mean, I guess if you count mirror mirror as a comedy maybe a little bit yeah that's uh, almost that's almost 10 years ago at this point though yeah so i i would love to see her back in something like that because really it's been a long time since she did a romantic comedy yeah and i think she's great at it so she is really great at it. my best friend's wedding is one of my favorites oh yeah so good so good so what about you what would you oh you already said sorry <laughs> um so there we go we have our remakes let us know which one you think of the remakes and uh, i have one last question about the movie yes. for you if you had to choose uh-huh. between the snake in this movie and the leopard in Bringing Up Baby, who do you think gives the best performance? Oh, oh the best performance. <laughs> I think you got to give it to Baby. Baby the leopard, right? The, the snake, I will yeah. say if there's anything at all that I have an issue with with this movie, it's not enough snake action, you know? Yeah. I wish the snake had played a more prominent <laughs> role. I thought you were going to ask me which one would I rather own. Oh, I own, <laughs> what about that? Or a, a... <laughs> what would you pick? Ooh, that's a tough question. Uh, I guess. Ooh, I don't like either. Um, I guess I would pick the snake just because it's smaller. <laughs> it's less likely to <laughs> injure me. I mean, Henry Fonda but, seems ooh, to be very ooh. confident that the snake is not going to do anything wrong or hurt anybody. I don't yeah. know how exactly, but <laughs> you know. More calm than the uh, the leopard. Uh, I'm not a big, I'm not much of an animal person, so I'm not <laughs> What about you? I I mean, you rather have the snake or the leopard? I know that that Saj, the my wife, I think she loves snakes, so I think she might want to want to have the snake. I do. I mean, the leopard is just I, I don't have enough space in my apartment to have that big leopard. <laughs> But I do think leopards are beautiful. Yeah, and your dog probably wouldn't. Your dog wouldn't like the uh, yeah, the the leopard. <laughs> the snake might also be a problem. My dog is <laughs> tiny; he's like five pounds. 
Yeah. So there we go. That's our thoughts on the Lady Eve. It is delightful. So what do you have planned for next uh, next time? So next time will be the first episode of our third season. So we thought we should make it a big occasion and do something that we've been teasing for a long time, which is the fact that Rachel hates Jean-Luc Godard. So... We're going to go back, not to the late period, very difficult movies that I think uh, both of us would struggle with, but we're going to go to early Godard because, you know, I feel that whenever you say that you don't like Godard, there's probably a person over there who says, well, have you seen any of the early ones? Those are pretty fun. So let's put that theory to the test. Let's see. Let's see if they're actually (laughs) fun. We'll see if he can be redeemed after film socialism made me want to die (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we will work ourselves up to film socialism maybe if the criterion project gets to like its 10th season we will watch film socialism see what happens yeah (laughs) patreon bonus or something yeah exactly (laughs) so that'll be a lot of fun it'll be very good so (laughs) if you have any thoughts uh let us know what your favorite of the early guitar oh is. yeah and and the one that we're going to be watching by the way is Piero le fou from 1965 yeah that'll be good and so yeah let us know your thoughts on the lady eve and your favorite screwball comedies we would love to hear and you can find us at criterion pod on twitter we'd love to have you follow us there and Carrado, where can people find you? Um, people can find me on Twitter at Coco Hits NY. People can also listen to my other podcast, uh, Foreign Invader. If you like the guests that we've had on this show, a couple of our guests are going to be on Foreign Invaders soon. By the time you listen to this, there'll be an episode out with Jose Solis talking about Kylie Minogue, the pop star. And also an episode with Trevor Wallace talking about, I think you will like this, Rachel, about animator Gendy Tartakovsky. Ooh, when's that coming? That's going to be uh, two weeks from when we're recording, I think. Oh, cool. I, yeah, I love Gendy. Great. Well, that sounds wonderful. And if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And uh, you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check that out. And you can also find me at the Hallmark East Podcast, where we have interviews and lots of other great fun recaps. This week, my dad was on the recap with me. So that's pretty oh, fun. Wow. So definitely take a, take a listen to that. I think you'll really enjoy it. And we really appreciate all the support over season two. And please like and share and send this podcast out into the internet. And uh, we would really appreciate it. And thanks so much, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Yes. Thank you so much for listening to the Criterion Project. We really appreciate it. Yes. Bye, everyone.